Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 37 of the Cannabis 101 podcast. My name is Dean Millard. Welcome to Podcast Alley. And remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy here on the Cannabis 101 podcast. And today, uh, we're going to welcome in uh, to the program, John Carl, the Executive Director of the Alberta Cannabis Council. A wide-ranging conversation about what the council is and how it might be be able to help you if you're in the cannabis business and how they're trying to help you as a cannabis consumer. We'll also speak with David Wiley from the OZ for this week in Cannabis News. We're going to be talking about roadside testing and the inconsistencies with it. Quick onset drinks on the way, tea, and Peter McKay. Uh, Some interesting, baffling comments uh, from the guy who's trying to win the leadership race for the Conservative Party. And Chris Ionson from Nova Jasper Avenue will join us for What's That Strain? We are doing Death Bubba today from Quest. It's a heavy, heavy indica. So uh, if you uh, are planning to use it and you're experienced, because it is for the experienced cannabis user, uh, but if you're going to be planning on using this, uh, you are going to want to have um, a couch and some time because it's going to really, really relax you. It's a, it's a heavy hitter. So we'll have that coming up a little bit later in what's that strain. I want to remind you that the cannabis and hemp expo comes your way, April 25th and 26th at the Edmonton expo center. The cannabis one-on-one podcast will be there on location. Both days you can come down and uh, meet myself from the cannabis one-on-one podcast. You can join in on an episode. We'll be uh, creating an episode at the Hemp Expo, so feel free to come down and say hi. We will have some tickets to give away for this event, uh, but you can get your tickets right now at CannabisHempExpo.com. So that's April 25th and 26th at the Edmonton Expo Center. CannabisHempExpo.com is where you can get your tickets. Uh, Just before we get rolling in the show, even before we get our groove on, I want to tell you about something that's uh, gaining some traction, uh, at least in Edmonton, and that's cannabis cafes. Uh, Some people call them lounges, uh, consumption cafes, whatever. Uh, A place to consume cannabis. It's being talked about in Edmonton. Uh, A week from today, uh, that would be February 26th, a number of uh, cannabis cafe proponents... Uh, you might say, they will be speaking uh, to Edmonton City Council. Um, Now, if there is a report uh, that is released on time, that uh, meeting and uh, the go-ahead will will happen. If the report isn't, uh, it'll be rescheduled. But the plan is for a week from today, February 26th, uh, speaking about Cannabis Cafe. And it is really nice that the ball is starting to get rolling on this. And the, uh, you know, like there's a lot of people, including the Alberta Cannabis Council, that have been working towards this and trying to ensure that cannabis enthusiasts have a safe place to consume. 
So this news came out after my conversation with John Carl from the Alberta Cannabis Council was recorded. So we won't be speaking specifically about this, but we do discuss uh, cannabis cafes uh, in general. Uh, So we will have uh, part of that conversation uh, in just a little bit. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Weed is awesome. This is great. This is the bee's knees. All right, so I want to find out what you're grooving with. Uh, If you are indeed uh, going with something, I want to know what strain it is, what your consumption method is. If you're grooving while you're listening to the show, I want to hear about it. Let me know what's your groove. My groove today, uh, I'm going with the uh, Tangerine Dream uh, vape pen from San Rafael. Uh, For those of you watching on uh, YouTube or the WeTube, that's what it looks like. You just pop this little uh, protective uh, case off and away you go. So I'm going to get my groove on with some uh, Tangerine Dream. This is a disposable uh, pen uh, that I picked up uh, and it took a little bit to get going. Sometimes they do uh, stick for just a second. Um, I I hope that uh, isn't an issue uh, with them and it doesn't happen all the time, but it seems to be pretty good. seems to be a pretty good pull once you get it going and, and there's some really good taste to it as well. Lights up, lets you know that it's working and there you go. So I'm going with uh, Tangerine Dream uh, for my groove. Uh, I want to know what your groove is if you are indeed uh, grooving with uh, something. And if you really want to dial in your cannabis use, head to Lobo Genetics and get a DNA kit. You can get a uh, DNA kit for a 50% off with the promo code CANNABIS101. Use that uh, promo code CANNABIS101, all one word, when you go to LoboGene.com. It's, it's great. Uh, you find out how you metabolize cannabis, um, maybe what risks you could be potentially uh, at risk for uh, when it comes to THC, uh, when it comes to memory loss, and then you get your cannabis basically tailor-made for you. It's like having your own bud tender because they start making recommendations once you have your dashboard and your test results done for you. You want to be happy? Here's some great strains that fit your cannabis profile. So head to LoboGene.com and get 50% off your DNA kit using the promo code CANNABIS101. It's simple. You sign up, they send you the kit, you swab, send it back, get your results. I've had a few uh, listeners uh, reach out uh, lately that they received their results and uh, they had um, uh, uh, maybe uh, they had some speculation before that maybe some certain things uh, affected them in a certain way and it, the, the, the tests uh, proved it out. Uh, so if you're interested in that, uh, I would, uh, highly recommend, uh, checking out lobogene.com and use the promo code cannabis 101, all one word to get your very own DNA kit, 50% off at lobogene.com. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. 
Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. That's the weed song for my dead dog. New up and coming artist uh, in the cannabis music space. Uh, so my dead dog, that's the weed song. And that gets us to our cannabis question, which is, have you ever tried a vape pen or have you tried a vape pen yet? And and what do you think? And, you know, some people across the country listening to this might be like, yeah, man, the vape pens have been out for a while. Yep. Unfortunately, not here in Alberta where I live. Vape pens just hit the market this week. And so, as I mentioned, um, I picked up uh, a San Rafael Tangerine Dream. Uh, so I love it. I, I really like uh, the simplicity of it. Um, it's discreet if you need that. It doesn't smell. Uh, and this is a portable one. So it's cheaper than some of the uh, 510 threading ones where you're going to get the uh, the battery and then the, uh, the distillate that you screw into it. Uh, this is a little bit cheaper, and it tastes great too. Uh, this uh, this Tangerine Dream is full of flavor, so uh, I'm liking them so far. This is the uh, first one I've uh, picked up, and um, you know I, I plan to uh, get a, a more permanent one, but I want to test out these uh, these portable ones first before I really dive into a uh, a permanent one. So that's our cannabis question. We will have a cannabis one on one podcast prize pack to give away with this cannabis question. Um, have you tried a vape pen yet? And what did you think? The uh, ways to get in touch with us on Twitter at the ca- at cannabis one one podcast. So on Twitter at cannabis one one podcast at the cannabis one one podcast on Instagram, uh, the cannabis one one podcast on Facebook, and you can email us and uh, you can uh, be anonymous and still win a prize package. Uh, at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. So that's cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Congratulations, by the way, to Kyle Morovich. Morovich, I I hope, I apologize if I butchered your last name, Kyle, but uh, you have won a pair of uh, Regal cigars. Uh, We had a a couple of those to give away from last week. We still have two more that we will be doing in uh, product reviews on our YouTube and the weed tube channel. Uh, but, uh, Kyle, uh, who also has a, uh, a hexagon from burnt that he, uh, called Brent. Uh, it's a long story. It was funny on Twitter. At least it's a nice inside joke. So this week, have you tried a vape pen? And if so, what did you think? The ways you can get a hold of us on our social media feeds or email us cannabis101podcast at gmail.com and you could get in the mix for a Cannabis 101 Podcast prize pack. We'll throw a few things together uh, for that one for sure. So uh, looking forward to hearing about your experiences with the vape pens. And before we get to our uh, interview, I want to ask you, what goes well with cannabis? And that is basically anything that pairs well with cannabis in your opinion. For me, uh, crafting. Uh, we did a little bit of a uh, crafting weekend here uh, the last little while. My wife and I, uh, we did some painting. Uh, we uh, made some of the uh, uh, the uh, pictures that uh, appear behind me uh, in, our, uh, in our little studio here, if you're watching on uh, the WeedTube 
or uh, YouTube. Uh, we put together the uh, Cannabis is Not a Crime uh, with the Grasshopper Amsterdam stickers and then uh, just a bunch of other uh, things that I put together, cannabis stickers. Listen, I'm, I'm not terribly creative, so while you're looking at it, uh, if you're watching it, you might be like, yeah, that's not that great. But I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I uh, enjoyed doing it, did some painting, have some other things to do. So cannabis, for me, uh, definitely uh, goes well with crafting. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It allows you to kind of get lost in it if you want to. And um, I, I find I'm, I'm a whole lot more creative when it comes to just simply ideas or color schemes or different things like that. So let me know what you think goes well with cannabis. That is anything that pairs well with cannabis. I'd love to hear. I'm always looking for new things to do uh, and involve cannabis with because uh, there's a lot of fun things that you can pair well with cannabis. All right, we will speak with John Carl, the executive director of the Alberta Cannabis Council, in just a few seconds. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. It is great to have in studio John Carl from the Alberta Cannabis Council. Uh, John, thank you very much for being here today. Um, I guess before we uh, go get going, I always like to find out a little bit about uh, what people did before they got into this. So um, give me a, maybe a, a little rundown about you know, what was life like for you before ACC? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to great to be on your your show. This this is awesome, and I appreciate doing this for the industry. Uh, Thank we you. need more voices. Um, my background has absolutely nothing to do with cannabis whatsoever. <laughs> um, I'm a real estate agent by trade. Uh, I've been a real estate agent for 21 years, and just because of I guess my entrepreneurial attitude and. Some of my, my connections in the elected world, um, I was recruited into this position by the, the board of directors uh, looking for someone that could take this organization and put it together. So, you know, never being one to back down from a challenge, I thought, yeah, I'll give it a go and see what happens. And I'm happy to report in four months, we've gone from nine members to 54, 55 members now. Um, and we're having a huge impact and it, it's great to see it happening. Yeah. Soon to be 56, as uh, my paperwork will be filled out. Uh, there you go. After we, we get into this. Okay, We're looking so forward to that. Before, uh, so I, I want to get you to give me what I am uh, uh, can be expect as a new member in a second. But so you were, um, you know, cannabis kind of wasn't on your radar. And, and, and I found a lot of people have kind of tumbled into the industry that way. Not on mm -hmm. their radar, but somebody thought it might be a good fit or something jumped out at them. And. So was it uh, kind of out of the blue for you? You know, it was completely out of the blue. So you had Nathan Meisen, mm -hmm. who is my board chair. That's right. Uh, on the show two weeks ago. Two week weeks, ago. yes. Yeah. And so his, his right-hand person, a, a lady by the name of Lisa Holmes, um, is a very good friend of mine. And she and her husband and my better half and I, we were heading out for dinner one evening. So my phone rings and it's her. And I'm assuming that, you know, we were making our dinner plans for the evening, but mm -hmm. she was calling to pitch me with this job. 
and she so she told me about it she's like how'd you like a job and i said no <laughs> um i mean not not to sound self-serving i make a lot of money as a real estate agent right and right after 21 years there's no learning curve i'm, I'm i had a pretty comfortable lifestyle so she beat up on me for a little while and they they pitched the idea to me and and yeah away we went so um yeah that that's kind of how all that started interesting yeah. um uh did it did it click for you instantly once you kind of or what was maybe the the selling point uh, you know as as a real estate agent yeah. you have a a comfortable life what was the thing that convinced you well i think that and I'm sure other people have said this on your show and you know this. I think cannabis has a bad rap. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a stigma surrounding it thanks to that 70s show and Cheech and Chong that everyone's a bunch of burned out potheads that, mm-hmm. you know, this stuff is ruining their lives and whatnot. And, and the government uh, in for a long time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Health Canada had a multi-million dollar campaign against cannabis before right. the government legalized it. Uh, I love the fact that we're able to bring this out of the shadows and show the world really what it actually is. Um, I've been doing a lot of research last little while about um, cannabis lounges um, mm-hmm. because a lot of municipalities are starting to look at this and and they're asking me for, for input advice and suggestions on how to handle it. So I've been doing some research into the difference between alcohol and cannabis. And one statistic that I found that was absolutely fantastic, and I don't have it in front of me, so the numbers might be off a little bit, but um, somewhere around 2,500 people every year in Canada die because they overconsume alcohol and their body cannot adapt to it. So they go out to the bar, they're sitting at home, they drink too much alcohol, and they're dead, mm. right? They end up in the hospital and they're dead. And thousands of people every weekend end up in the hospital getting their stomachs pumped, getting treated, getting monitored because of overconsumption of alcohol. Right. And it's completely socially acceptable, right? I mean, my personal weakness is red wine. Um, cannabis has absolutely no recorded death on the planet. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> Nobody has ever died from overconsumption of cannabis. Your body can regulate it. So in the cannabis lounge space, why would we be worried about it? Right, that, that we should be encouraging restaurants and bars totally. to switch to cannabis instead of alcohol. It's far safer for for our our citizens. At least have it as an option, at the very least. Well, yeah, and I mean, Health Canada will never allow both in the same building. Let, let's not kid ourselves; yeah. that's not going to happen. But if I were a bar owner, I would much rather have a bunch of guys that are high on cannabis than yep. a bunch of guys who are drunk. Sure, you know, because four guys go out to the bar and they get drunk, they start a fight. Four guys go out to the bar and get high. They start a band, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it, yeah. It's pretty straightforward. So it, it's that fight, that that awareness. Back to your original question, that that drew me into it. Um, we have a real opportunity here to eliminate a black market that is using a fairly benign substance as a lead into some very dangerous substances. Mm-hmm. We have an opportunity to put a stop to that. We have an opportunity to give people who are really not bad people the opportunity to enjoy their product of sin which you know if that's what you want to call it um without fear of retribution mm-hmm. you know i i can carry around a, a two four beer and no one's going to say anything but if you've got a baggie full of weed you were in big trouble yeah that's completely backwards to the values of our society we have to get to the point where um 
you and I are at a barbecue and you open a beer and I open a cannabis drink and nobody mm-hmm. looks at you and says, oh, he's, he's having the reefer or whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> it is, the, yeah. the, you know, those murmurs that sometimes go around at, at parties. Right. And, mm-hmm. and that, that's the, the, the huge stigma. I mean, listen, I've, I started this podcast in June and my eyes have been opened up so much to different things about cannabis. I'll be honest. I didn't know what a terpene was before I started this. My cannabis experience yeah. was here's $50 and I'll take what I can get uh, because there was no regulation. Was there something that really surprised you? Um, when you, you know, in the short time that you've got into this, that maybe that you didn't know about was, is there one thing that's, I know there's probably a lot, but is yeah, there, maybe, we don't have enough time maybe the first, for that. maybe the first thing that you kind of realized that you, you either didn't know or had a misconception about, you know, the, the physical effects of cannabis on people, the, the long-term effects, mm-hmm. um, and, and how less addictive it is than a lot of the substances we, we consume on a daily basis. Right. Um, I mean, if you compared cannabis to salt, sugar, caffeine, alcohol, tobacco, any of that stuff, this is a far more benign product. Now, I had no idea. Right. Um, I mean, I, coming into it, I had a little bit of a moral decision to make as to whether or not I actually wanted to embrace this. Right. And I, I really took it as a lesser of two evils. But now I realize how much lesser of an evil it really is. I mean, Yeah. It's, it's such a benign product. Was that a difficult thing to, to get your kind of head around that this is legal? Because up until recently, all we heard about this was it's terrible. It's going to be addictive. It's a gateway drug. And, mm-hmm. you know, if anybody uh, ever wants some ridiculous entertainment, that's, you know, watch Reefer, that old Reefer Madness movie. <laughs> I mean, it's so silly. It is just, you know, and that's a long time ago, but there was still that attitude prevailing. Did it take oh, you it's... a minute to be like, huh? Do like you said? Do I want to go into this, and and is it going to be legal? Is it going to be proper and things like mm-hmm. that? Well, yeah, actually, there there was some time that I I had to think on that um, because legal doesn't mean right. Yeah, and there's a lot of products that are legal, and that doesn't make them right. Good point. Um, in measure against most of those products, I, I don't know why it took us this long to get cannabis legalized. Yeah. Um, you know, looking back, it's, it's kind of embarrassing that our, it, it took our government this long and, and I'm not picking on any particular party here. I'm saying government right. in general to, to address this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it almost seems silly now. It, 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 it is silly. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it doesn't seem silly. It is silly, but we're here now mm-hmm. and, and that's what I stress. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people that, don't uh that still have a lot of issues with with how it's being done and yep. uh you know as as a guy who relies on advertising i would like the things to relax a little bit um yep. and 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 you know i'm sure there's a lot of people that are like that too um and and listen it's it's probably going to get there it is going to get there right? it's just well, of course it will. it's, it's yeah. frustrating when you hear the story of cbs will not air a medical marijuana commercial during the super bowl that showed how medical marijuana has helped a lot of people but yet you could see 50 Budweiser commercials during that same Super Bowl. So, we, you there know, you we all know that it's just going to kind of take everybody a little time to catch up, I think. Is mm-hmm. that fair? I think that's very fair. But I think we're in a time period now where that catch up is going to be far quicker than it ever was for alcohol. Yeah. I mean, if you think that alcohol was legalized in Canada in the 1920s, I think it was that prohibition ended. Okay. Let's call it 1930s even. Sure. A hundred years later, there's still a lot of people that are, are concerned about it. And, and some of their concerns are very valid. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but even leading into the 1970s and 80s, you know, only 50, 60 years later, there were there were a lot of people that that had issue with alcohol and, uh, you know, particularly from a religious standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it'll take us, you know, 10 years to get to that same level in cannabis that took them 70 years in alcohol. And, and a lot of that is because of the prevalence of information. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think what's a major difference is social media, whether yeah. you, whether you love it or hate it, you know, it's yeah. a way to, you know, good or bad push agendas. Right. And yep. we've seen good and bad agendas, but it gets people talking about it and, if you can start a conversation with somebody about cannabis and they're open-minded, mm-hmm. a lot of them you can at least convince it's not the devil weed that people thought it was, right? Yeah, yeah the devil's lettuce. I yeah. love that term. Yeah. Um, somebody used that with me a little while ago and I just, I mean, I had to blink at them twice going, wow, we, we actually have to talk about some legislative changes here and you just refer to it as the devil's lettuce. Right. That, this is going to be a great conversation, you know? Um, yeah, so certainly the the... Stigma of it, I think, will go away quickly. Public opinion will change rapidly. Um, you know, in my role and, and my involvement in the community, I, I, I talk to a lot of people of different uh, lifestyles um, and different age groups. And the number of seniors that are coming to me and asking me about cannabis is shocking to me. Uh, On the rise. Oh, it, it's hard to get through a room without having three or four conversations about how great is that? Like it, it's, it's mind boggling to me and, and very conservative people as well. They're, they're curious. They're, they're wondering about it. They're, they're not scared of the conversation. Um, and just the fact that cannabis has gotten that far in just a couple of years shows how quickly this product I think will become mainstream. It's so interesting when I talk to different people uh, from the the retail side that you know deal with the customers in stores. Mm-hmm. That's their favorite customer. You oh know, yeah, the the senior that comes in because most of them don't have any experience, but just the new customer in general general is their yeah. favorite because you know they they get to participate in shaping this person's opinion of cannabis and. You know, we all know if, if you like cannabis, you'll tell one or two people. If you don't like cannabis, you can tell 10 people, right? right. And that's part of the fight is w- there's a product that people can't advertise, uh, can't tell you what you know, a, lot, a lot of the stuff is. So mm-hmm. word of mouth has to be a big part of this. Well, yeah. And, and you, I think you touched on it, that people's perception of it, uh, particularly in the, the older generations, mm-hmm. is, is shifting quickly. And I think that we have to remember, I mean, marijuana first became popularized in the 1960s following the Vietnam War, right? It came from Vietnam for the most part, right? That, that's when North America started consuming it. Those guys, those GIs coming back from Vietnam, bringing these plants with them, uh, they're all in their 80s now, right? That, that was 50 years ago. Yeah. If we think that the seniors don't have experience with marijuana, we are, we're the naive ones. Right. The difference is that they can now take it back into the nursing home with them and actually consume it. Yeah. Um, and so they're getting re-educated. I don't think that this is their first experience with it in a lot <laughs> of cases. You're right. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are a lot of places that are offering uh, consumption 
rooms or lounges or spaces in a lot of these uh, yeah. senior complexes. And, and, and I think that's great and open-minded and, yeah. and great for these people that yeah. are finding a new way to deal with different ailments that they might have or, or just want to enjoy the plant yeah. for, for what they did back in high school or whatever it might be, right? Yeah, well, and the research being done into it uh, as an alternative to opioids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm by no means any ever going to put myself out there as an expert on, on that subject, but... Now that it's been legalized, researchers at the universities can actually start researching this product. Right. They, they can really start going at it. Uh, and, and they're making great headway in terms of being able to do research on this thing. I mean, was there, there's, there's 144 cannabinoids on the plant. So far, I and guess. And we know yeah. what three of them do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. The, the and potential. do we even know how many there are in total yet? Well, exactly. I'm not sure, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. But they can at least start looking into it. Yeah. And but- and if we look at how quickly the human genome project got dealt with. That's right. Uh, imagine how quickly this can get dealt with. That's a really good point. You know? eh? Is the, Do you see connections there? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but it just when when researchers get something opened up to them and they, they have the ability to go after it, yeah. they go after it hard now. Well, uh, my, so. my uh, you know, obviously the immediate benefit of legalization is that I can go and buy a joint and mm-hmm. come home and smoke it without anybody banging on my door or doing mm-hmm. any of that. But the bigger overall benefit is what you just referenced, the the amount of research that will be done into this. So we discover, okay, now we know what this does and this and this and this and all the cannabinoids that we don't know about. That is going to take some time, but it's being done right now. That is really going to turn a lot of people to this plant because yep. it's hard to argue with science now some people still do mm-hmm. uh whether you think the uh earth is flat or whatever it might be there are people that will argue with science but that's fine. most people will agree with science and yeah. that's what is being done right now and i think that's the, the going to be the biggest benefit to society yeah well a perfect example of that is the uh recent vape issue yes right uh in the united states is a big issue um with popcorn lung the e-valley yep. um uh, disease, not disease, but uh, condition. And uh, the Minister of Finance in Alberta said, oh, hold on, we're going to ban vape, uh, cannabis vape products until we know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So he- here's a, an example of a very conservative individual who's really making a moral decision for the health of Albertans. Um, but once we got good science in front of him, it was a matter of, I think, two weeks, three weeks, and that vape ban was lifted. Right. So even very conservative people, such as the Minister of Finance in Alberta, are accepting the science, and we're going to have some tremendous impact with this plant, with this product, into society. Uh, you touched on it before. You, you called it a gateway drug, which mm. is the term. Wouldn't it be amazing if we took drug dealers' gateway away from them? Right. When yeah. was the last time somebody used Budweiser in order to try to, you know, lure a teenager into doing something mm-hmm. unsavory? Because how do teenagers get their Budweiser? They call their older sibling and say, "Hey, if I give you an extra ten bucks, we'll go that's pick right. me up a case." Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if that's the way that cannabis was handled? Now, I'm not advocating that youth smoke drugs. Right. Like, don't, don't get me wrong, but I'm not naive enough to think that they're not going to and that they aren't already. So. If they're going to do it, hopefully they'll get it now from a source of somebody that they trust and their parents somewhat trust. 
right? Rather than some guy in the street that they don't know what they're getting and they right. don't know what's in it. Yeah, and every family is going to be different, whether it's a, a dad sitting their kids down and talking to them, as you know, some dads do with a, mm-hmm. a beer and say, here's your first beer. Everybody's yeah. going to handle it differently. But you, you talk about the, that, and I don't even know, are we calling it the legacy market, the black market, the gray market? It, it seems to change all the time. Yeah, but I call it the black market because that's what it is. That's, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's let's, exactly let's what it is. There's no name. regulations. Yeah. So they're, it is a black market. doing things illegally. It's black market. Yeah. Let's not give him a pretty name. Right. So right. You, you mentioned Nathan Meissen from Fire and Flower, who was on recently, and, yep. and Marcy Kiziak last week was on this show there from Nova yep. Cannabis. Uh, they might be competing with each other, but their biggest competitor really. is the, the black market right exactly. now. Exactly. And, and that's why my organization exists because we got Fire and Flower, Aurora, um, Sundial, Candry. You know, the, these companies came together and said we we need a united voice in the industry because we aren't competing with each other yet. Right, we are all on the same team. You know, there will come a day when we have to compete. Yeah, but right now our biggest competitor is the black market, yeah. and we got to deal with them. And this is the first time in history that we've actually had the opportunity to really strike a huge blow against this black market. So let's not screw it up. Uh-huh. Like, let's do this. It, it really is. I mean, you can look at somebody compared to craft beer a little bit where craft mm-hmm. beer, you know, fought and fought and fought to get to the point where now they can be like, my craft beer is better than your craft beer. Right. But they all fought together. Mm-hmm. And it's corny as it sounds. I say we're all pulling on the same hemp rope to get <laughs> the cannabis industry to that level where we can start saying, I'm so much better than you and I'm better yeah. than you and this and that. But we all have to get it there together. And, and, yep. and I think... It, 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 it is that way. I mean, I have, have, I've, I don't think I've run into more than one or two people that didn't want to kind of help pay it forward or whatever. Yep. I think a lot of people are doing that and, and that's what your, your organization is about. I found that at your event in, uh, in Calgary. Right. Yeah. That, done for that. Yeah. It was just a, it was a welcoming, welcoming environment. And, yeah. um, I don't know. I, 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 I think that's kind of what you guys are, it seems to me what you're about is bringing as many people together so we can get as many ideas as we can to move this forward. That's absolutely one of our pillars of focus. Um, the, the industry needs not only a voice externally, but internally. Um, because it, there's always that paranoia or fear of the big guy by the little guy, right? Or that trade secret from the big guy saying we can't share our ideas right. because you know everyone else will copy it. I don't find that in the cannabis sector as much, uh, but there is that fear of, of the bigger guy. So that event you were at in Calgary, it was really great to see Nathan mm-hmm. from Fire and Flower and a couple of people from his organization sitting down, having a drink with some of the small retailers yeah. and sharing ideas. Uh, I mean, what, what an amazing opportunity for both sides to actually communicate. Mm-hmm. And it's because of that that we were able to grow from nine members to the 56 now that, that we are because these guys are starting to recognize the value in communicating with each other um, and, and the communication between the LPs, the licensed producers mm-hmm. and the retailers now is equally big because they're on opposite sides of the AGLC. And when the AGLC is saying, well, we don't have any product because the LPs aren't giving it to us and the LP can then raise their hand and go, uh, that's not true. Right. Or reaffirm it and say, yeah, actually that, that that's on us. It, it, eliminates a lot of the paranoia of conspiracy theory or you know it it just it brings a lot of truth into the conversations yeah transparency right exactly and and, and that's what uh especially a startup industry like the cannabis industry is you need transparency to convince people that everything is being done 
yeah. uh, properly. So I'm a new member. Um, yes, you are. Tell me. About to be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, depending on, I guess, how this interview goes. If yeah, I really bundle enough. it, yeah, uh, yeah, then I'm yeah. out. Well, or the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> but tell me, um, you know, what can I expect from the ACC? So the ACC has two primary focuses. Um, the first is government relations on behalf of the industry, or more specifically, our membership. So discussions with the AGLC, discussions with um, the Minister of Finance, Minister of Health, their staff, in order to bring education and light to some of the myths and um, wrong facts about the cannabis sector. So I spend an inordinate amount of my time trying to get meetings with these people, okay, um, particularly on specific subject matter. So that we can sit down and have a conversation and explain that to them. Now, the benefit to our membership is by having me do that, it's one person that, and I'm going to pick on the Minister of Finance because sure. he is ultimately in charge of cannabis in Alberta. And, and I guess I met him now. Uh, we had very good meetings. Uh, his staff have been fantastic. There, there's a relationship developing there that we appreciate. Mm-hmm. So if he's listening, which I'm sure he's probably not, <laughs> but if he's listening or someone puts in front of him, I'm picking on him in the show as an example, not because I dislike the man. Sure. I actually quite like him. Um, but by having me go in to talk to him, um, it's one person he has to talk to. I collect the collective ideas and thoughts of the membership and bring that which is reasonable to the minister for action. Okay. So, you know, there, there's some pretty harebrained ideas out there that, you know, were before being fired straight to the AGLC or the minister and... Just out of the blue kind yeah, of? Yeah, I, I mean, because they had nowhere else to take it. Right, right. And it wasn't being filtered. And so it was kind of giving the impression that the entire industry was a little you know, little crazy, maybe using a little too much product. Okay. Uh, but by filtering it, I can then bring some good logical process forward that's more likely to be actioned. That That's why the vapes got released so quickly. Right. Because we were able to bring logic forward. We're talking taxation right now because uh, we need good. taxation to yeah. deal with. Um, we're talking about some of the advertising requirements. Uh, there, there's a big push right now to get the window films removed from the stores. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're expecting a, a happy announcement on that one from Health Canada here shortly. Um, because staff members are at risk, right? And we have there's to been robberies, that. yeah. There's been assaults, yeah. Right, there, there have been assaults, and that's not okay. You know, we're, we're we're legalizing this stuff to keep people safe. That's right. And yet, some of the retail environments specifically put people at risk. So, not cool. Um, and, and they're happy to have those conversations with us. So that's our first pillar. That's our first focus. Um, so the entire industry benefits by by having those conversations and opening up those those conversations. Um, on the flip side, then the, the second thing that we focus on is industry relations. Uh, we want the industry to cooperate. We want the industry to collaborate. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of people who are not retailers and not LPs, but somehow fit into the puzzle of cannabis in a different way, like yourself, mm-hmm. right? I mean, by being a member of the ACC, you're going to have relationships with people from all sorts of companies. Right. Like you met Nathan at the, uh, the mixer, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's a great opportunity to meet other people like him. Had a good conversation yeah. with uh, Jameson Wellborn from Stuart Farms, who is yeah. going to be on an upcoming show. There you go. So yeah. it, it's it's networking. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and and that networking, who knows where it's going to go? Right. And and I love that the ACC is a facilitator for that, not a governor of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we get groups of people together, they're often asking me to direct a meeting or something, and I'm like, nah, keep me out of it. I I'm just here to facilitate. You, you're the guys with all the great ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just, I'll put them together and take credit for them. 
So, so how often do you guys, uh, you know, the, 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 I know cause there was one in Edmonton that mm-hmm. I couldn't make it. And then one in Calgary, right. um, do you have, um, plans to have, is it monthly, semi or every six months, three Probably months? Quarterly. Yeah. Quarterly. Yeah. Th- those events I think we'll do quarterly. Um, and then I've also got some ideas for some other things we want to do. I want to okay. do a, um, an unconference where it's it's a really neat idea. Uh, it comes from the computer programming world. Okay. Where rather than having a, a schedule, um, like, you know, this speaker at this time, the speaker at this time, the speaker at this time, it's focused on breakout sessions. But even the breakout sessions are not predetermined. So imagine you walk into a conference center and there's a whiteboard there. Yeah. And let's say there's 10 rooms and you want to talk about social media and cannabis. So you go and you're on the first whiteboard to say social media and cannabis in this room. And you go into the room and everybody who wants to talk about social media and cannabis goes in that room. Okay. Nobody wants to be in that room. You leave and you go somewhere else. That's right. Yeah. Right. If the conversation turns or it's something you don't want to be part of, you're not stuck in that session. You just get up and go somewhere else. Wow. It's going to be a really neat experience. Um, So I'm hoping to do that in the spring. Uh, And then the the big event that we're starting to build towards won't occur until January. And it's going to be an economic forecast for the cannabis sector. Wow. Because the, the, the first question people ask about cannabis is, is it going to cure my insert whatever? Sure. Thing, right. It's the late, latest snake oil, right? The second question they ask is, how is my blank stock doing? That's right. Right. Everyone's worried about the economic impact of cannabis. So rather than dodging from it, we're going to bring it center stage every year in January and say, this is how the year went. This is how the year is going to go. And you know, be, you know, as honest as, as you can as, yeah. about the, the past and the present, because I think... Well, I don't think, I know, obviously people got a little bit too excited uh, little bit. In, in the beginning and, yeah. and now we're, you know, would, I, I would, would the, uh, the, the panic be as much if the predictions weren't as high? I don't know. Chicken and egg. I'm, I'm not yeah. really sure. I don't know. And I, I don't think you can criticize the cannabis space for getting that wrong. Um, I mean, well, the dot coms didn't sure to get it right. We didn't learn from that. Yeah. It's, it's new, right? Right. And when and, alcohol and, was legalized in the nineties, the same yeah. thing happened. Um, it's just, it's what happens. Everybody jumps into a new sector yeah. and the strong will survive. Um, you know, yeah. I'm not here to advocate for any one brand over another. So I can say that, that some will survive and some will not. Well, that's just the, yeah. the, the business, right? Yeah. You know, we have over, I think, are we over 400 stores in Alberta? We are. Now? I think we're at about 425. 425. That is likely going to level out at some point and decrease. I wouldn't be surprised. I, yeah. You know, I, 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 listen, if the market got so great that you could sustain that many stores, okay. But I've talked to store owners that are like, ah, this is, yeah. you know, the number was here when I got in and the cap has grown a lot. That's the, you know, right. other than not being able to advertise, that's one of the other, I guess, um, I don't want to say complaint, but uh, frustration from, from retailers. Right. But in Ontario, the frustration is that they don't have enough stores. <laughs> yeah, isn't that, it's, it's. So, I mean, yeah. people criticize the AGLC for opening up too many stores. And yet all these people decided to invest their money into mm-hmm. opening up those stores. Right. AGLC didn't force them to. Um, so there's got to be some self-responsibility here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, be responsible, and close your store down. I'm saying be responsible and run a really good store. That and, benefits and the be one of the survivors. Industry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What, uh, um, I guess the, the, you know, the victory, let's talk about that, that the vape pen and, and I call it a victory. I mean, oh, when the C- it was a big victory. When the CDC is walking back from, from their, um, proclamations about vape pens and saying, yep. yeah, the vape pens that were damaging, 
um, almost all of them were from the black market. Yep. So, so when they're walking it back, it makes it easier for everybody else to say, oh, okay, the CDC, for the most part, knows what they're talking about when it, they're, when they're it's very not, respected. You know, they, they may be rushed yeah. to judgment and whatever the yeah. past is the past, but that puts that fact, like you were saying in front mm-hmm. of the right person. Um, and boom, now as Albertans, as of, I think yesterday are, are now able to enjoy these health inspected products. Yeah. And That's a major victory for you guys because the retailers in Alberta had to sit and watch all bunch of the other provinces have vape pens under the tree on Christmas Day and things like that. Yeah, and that's really unfortunate because I think a lot of our retailers and a lot of our LPs would have really benefited from that Christmas market. And could have been banking on that maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's unfortunate it took as long as it did, but I have to say I'm impressed that it changed over as quickly as it did. Um, and again, mm-hmm. it was the Minister of Finance who made the decision to ban, and he made the decision to release. And he, he was fact-based on his final decision to release. Uh, you know, it, it's a safer environment now for Albertans, now that the legal product is out there. Right. I have heard people say, well, it's not safe to vape anything, you know, so it shouldn't have been legalized. Sure. But guess what? These people are going to vape it anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. It, we've proven over the last 50 or 60 years that the police are not going to stop cannabis in this That's society. Right. Yeah. Just as if we tried to ban alcohol now, good luck. People will be turning their bathtubs into distilleries. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're not going to stop it. So you might as well regulate it and make a healthy option available that is somewhat monitored by Health Canada. You're not putting the genie back in the bottle. Oh God, uh, no. After this uh, situation. So do you deal mostly with on the recreational side? Is the Alberta Cannabis Council strictly recreational cannabis or? We're mostly recreational cannabis because that's where most of the files are right now. Right. I mean, medical cannabis has been around for a while. It has. They they work their bugs out uh, and I wasn't part of that process. Uh, I mean, there are still some issues uh, like if you're a doctor prescribing cannabis to a patient, you have to see that patient. I think it's every three or six weeks. I, I forget what the requirement hmm. is. Okay. Um, but you're prescribing oftentimes a lesser amount than they can go buy at the store themselves now. So why do you need to monitor it that closely? Right. So the, the, there's some issues there, but our biggest issues right now focus around the growing through the LPs and the retail side of things. Cause that's where the new stuff is. And that's where the growing pains are. And you mentioned earlier um, the the idea of of consumption lounges, cafes, yep. whatever they might be. So you know, the vape pen was a, a big victory to Huge. get that into yeah. retail stores. Are, are lounges, cafes, whatever we're going to call them, is that kind of the next focus for a lot of people right now? Like we got we had season one where we had flour and <laughs> oil and capsules, yep. and then now season two with the edibles and the vapes and the drinks soon to come. Yeah, is season three the or the next big thing on a checklist? Like let's let's allow people to use this somewhere. I think it is, uh, and I again I I can't see any logical argument to not allow it. So. Right now, the I think the biggest concern people have about cannabis, um, who, who aren't experienced with it, who don't know it, mm-hmm. is that the, the, the use of cannabis and alcohol together can be very dangerous. Yeah, and I don't think it's a good mix. It's not. No. But most people, if you stop at the, the local store on your way home, um, I was, almost used a brand name there, but if you stop at a store on your way home and you smoke your joint, well, now it's six o'clock, what are you going to do with the rest of your Friday night? 
you're probably going to go to the bar, the dance club, some pub up the street, yeah. something, and consume alcohol. Because that's what you do when you go to those facilities. Because yeah. there's no place at those facilities yeah, to use cannabis. Exactly. Well, unless you go, out, go outside and but minus you, 50 weather. <laughs> yeah, you try being the guy sitting down at the local pub yeah. and ordering a water or a pop and see how well that goes over. Yeah. Right? You're encouraged and expected to consume alcohol. Right. But you've got cannabis in your system already. Right. Or you're going to put more cannabis into yeah. your system. And you don't want to add alcohol. No. So if we can create environments where people can go consume cannabis, enjoy cannabis and stay for the evening. Mm -hmm. Again, that level of safety for, for Albertans just goes way up, you know? And, and I, I think the biggest stigma or challenge that we're having with the lounges that we have to overcome is an understanding that a cannabis lounge, and I, I want to remove the word lounge and I want to make a cafe. Mm -hmm. or restaurant right we, we need to start defining this but they're not the raves from the 90s that right. seems to be what's in people's heads that's interesting yeah these cannabis lounges are where you people are going to go they couldn't and, be more different exactly <laughs> but people don't know either. the difference yeah. right i mean they're not dropping acid at a cannabis lounge yeah. that, that that's not what's you're happening you're not getting here. the whatever the type of music it's just yeah. a, it's a you know if you if you've been to one and i i have never been to but i've had stories from people that have been to some different ones in vegas and some of the other places mm -hmm. uh there, there's there's the only difference is that you're replacing alcohol with cannabis yeah that that's really it now when we talk about cafes are we talking about eating drinking uh vaping probably not smoking like i i don't know if uh there's ever going to be a, a place where you can actually smoke indoors anymore because it's, I would be shocked. I so more yeah. vaping, eating, I drinking, actually even expect vaping to you be. You don't part. even think vaping. I, well, so there's been a, a review of the tobacco act mm -hmm. to include vaping. Okay. Um, that, that was one of the things the minister of finance is waiting to hear about before releasing vape products for cannabis. Now we haven't seen the report on the tobacco act yet. He has, obviously, okay, because he read it and then he released the cannabis vape products. Right. But one of the purposes of the Tobacco Act re review was to have vaping, uh, tobacco vaping products treated the same way as cigarettes. Okay. So I think we're going to see companies like Juul that currently have their vape products right out next to the candy at the till, right. put behind the teller, behind those black roll shutters. Right. Because it's tobacco. So if it starts getting treated the same way as smoking, you're not going to be allowed to vape in a restaurant or a bar because you're not allowed to smoke cigarettes or tobacco yeah. or, or any fume related products. Mm. So, and, and I get that argument. I understand the logic of that mm. um, because it's intrusive to the people at the next table. But if you've got cannabis in your cheesecake, what do they care? Or drink. Or yeah, your yeah, beverage yeah, or yeah. your appetizer or, yeah. you know, sprinkled into the cheese on your nacho chips. Like yeah. who cares? Because it's not intrusive to the people next to you. I've always wondered about um, a place like uh, the River Cree. Yep. You know, it's indigenous land. You yep. can smoke cigarettes there. Uh -huh. I've always thought that would be the first place we would see somebody say, you can smoke cannabis here because the rules are much different. So I, I, I'm me. always waiting for that. I've been, I've been actually, I'm surprised it hasn't happened. Really. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised that it hasn't happened. Not that, I'm, know, sure I'm not saying someone's River radar. Cree, but... Somewhere in Canada, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's going to happen at some point. I, I'm sure that there's a business plan already being fleshed out and, and getting ready because yeah. it makes sense that these First Nation casinos would be the first venue for these to occur because there's less red tape and bureaucracy that's for them right. to deal with. Um, 
is the uh the the big what's what's a bigger um roadblock right now in alberta taxes or advertising regulations taxes by far i think so um the people who want to consume cannabis they know where the stores are that's right yeah right good point but they're not buying it because it's 40 percent more expensive than their the guy up the street that they've known for 10 years right so what we've been told that some of the studies that have been done is that if we can get within about 20% of the price of our competitor, people will choose the legal option every time. It's not worth the risk. 20%? That's what we've been told. Okay. Right now we're about 40% high and we're paying 24.3% in excise tax. That's in Alberta. Only in Alberta. Most it's provinces are seven and a half. Or less. Yeah. Manitoba is the only one that's less. It's okay, zero. Okay. Ma- Manitoba. Yeah. That's yeah. The, uh, the, the two provinces, I think BC and Ontario, Ontario. Again, I don't have my notes yeah. in front of me. I think there's only two provinces that are above seven and a half percent. But we're only behind Nunavut, I think. Yeah, Nunavut's at twenty-eight. <laughs> yeah. We're at twenty-four. The next lowest, I think, is uh, fourteen. Okay, somewhere in that range. That's so, a lot of tax money with the yeah. amount of stores that we have. Exactly, and it explains why people are not purchasing legal if they have the choice of the black market. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's pretty simple. So if we could get the Minister of Finance to reduce that excise tax or eliminate it altogether for a few years. Um, imagine the impact we could have on that black market. Well, the, the prices would drop tremendously. 20% on the spot. That's right. In stores. Yeah. And you're right. And, and yeah. you know, because listen, the product is the same. It's, it's not, it's not a, it's not the same. Sorry. The product is um, like when people say the product is not as good as what they're getting from the, the guy, I don't agree with that. Okay. And I, I don't, I think the product, you know, depending on who you're, you're going to, uh, mm-hmm. is good. Um, the product is good. It's the price is the, the, like, cause I don't think it's the product that is keeping people away. Maybe some people, Fair maybe enough. there are some people that are like, you know what, my stuff or, and if you grow at home, then I'll, so be it. And, and yeah. that's what it is. But it's the price more than the, the, the quality that is right. keeping people away. In my opinion. I, I agree. Um, and if you, you know, a lot of people, want to be cannabis aficionados they want to be experts yeah and because it's such a new product it's pretty easy to come out as an expert on the product sure uh different than say wine but if you look at alcohol wine specifically Mm -hmm. because there's such a huge spread in in pricing of wine the vast majority of wine sold is kim crawford 19 crimes you know sub 20 dollar bottles that's right um i'm a little bit of a wine snob i i like my red wine uh-huh. i'll drink a 50 dollar bottle of wine because that's what i want every once in a while right but the liquor store yeah. isn't getting rich off of me that's right they're getting rich off of the 12 dollar bottle of kim crawford that's being turned into wine spritzers that's right yeah. right yeah so from a, a retail environment from a an industry point of view we need all of it we need that really really good high quality stuff that those aficionados are going to want and You're they'll right. pay 20 bucks a gram for that's fine but we also need the cheap stuff that in the cannabis space, guys like me who I really don't know the difference. So I'll just buy whatever it is that they tell me to buy. Yeah. You, you listen, know? if, if you are starting to drink wine for mm-hmm. the first time, you're not going to go out and buy duck horn. No. Right. You're, you're, you're going to go for yeah. something a little bit smaller. And, and I think another, the, the other thing I love making the correlation with for people that are new to cannabis, because anytime I talk to people in retail, the, the biggest uh, request is give me the highest THC. 
Exactly. You would never go into a wine store and say, give, give me, me the, the highest, highest alcohol, alcohol percentage. There's, there's <laughs> just, you would, well, maybe some people would, and I don't yeah, want to well, hang out with them, but that's you fine. You go ahead and you drink your screech rum straight. And that's see how right. That goes yeah. For yeah. You. You get, yeah. Might as well just get ever clear at that point. But yeah. you would, you wouldn't do that with wine. So don't do it with cannabis. And listen, we're learning, yeah. we're learning, you know, right now we, we go a lot by sativa and indica and hybrid, and hopefully we evolve into more terpenes and, and listen, I'm like, I'm like a lot of people. I'm just learning about cannabis. I had no yeah. idea. So we all are going to learn. Um, and, and, and I just think that, um, I think education is the biggest thing in getting a more yeah. consumers and B erasing the stigma, yeah. normalize it. Right. Yeah. And people will continue to come into, uh, cannabis lounges and retail outlets and, and ask for the highest THC sure, content. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. That's not, yeah, it's not going to end. Yeah. Because when you go to the, the pub, you often say, what beer do you have on special for the hockey game? Right. And that's probably what you order a jug of because you're there to get you drunk on. Yeah. Right. And you don't need that, you know, a hundred dollar bottle of whatever. Yeah. Uh, Cause you, you just, you want your buzz during the hockey game. Yeah. Right. For, for the bang for your buck. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that, that's why Molson Canadian sells. Yeah. Nobody in this world is going to say that's a darn great beer that Molson Canadian. That's right. But it's the best selling beer in Canada. Well, and that's what craft beer has done in a way yeah. is they've convinced you to not order that Coors Light or Molson Canadian and order whatever product it yeah. is. Right. And, and there's a space, there's already, um, you know, high end uh, cannabis companies out there and low yeah. end cannabis companies. And you, you have to have that because there's, mm -hmm. you know, as we know, there's not just one consumer. There's not exactly. just one, uh, consumer that it looks like for cannabis, yeah. as we were talking about seniors or whatever yeah. uh, it might be, there yeah. is uh, a multitude of consumers. And the thing I like is that there's a multitude of, uh, a diversity of people selling you the cannabis as well. You go into most cannabis stores. There's not just one guy that you see it everywhere. It's right. older, younger men, women, uh, all different backgrounds and colors. And, and it's because it's such a diverse product. It should be sold by diverse yeah. employees. And I think we also have to remember that back to the comparison alcohol is that Molson's isn't hurting. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Breweries becoming super popular. <laughs> right, Molson's yeah. is still there and doing fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The so, majority of the people are going to drink that product, the, the that yeah. product as opposed to the higher end. Yeah. And, and the belief that um, Sundial or Aurora are going to be put out of business because everyone's going to go to the craft growers. Yeah. That's simply not a reality. But on the flip side, people will go to their craft grower. And they'll thrive too, mm -hmm. right? There's room in this industry for both. Yeah. It's, it's such a new industry. I think we also have an opportunity to make sure there is diversity mm -hmm. within the industry. I mean, it's yeah. brand new. We, we, you kind of get to set the rules and, you know, let's face it for a long time, boardrooms were, uh, ran by old, rich white guys. Yep. And now we're seeing color and gender. Yep. Uh, get in that. And we're youth. seeing in, in, in youth and, and yeah. studies are being done that productivity is up. Yeah. Well, and, and you touch on something really interesting there because the, probably the biggest thing I've noticed getting into the space is that entrepreneurial Alberta can-do attitude. Yeah. This is not a bunch of guys running around in their hoodies trying to grow everything in their garage. These are multi-billion dollar companies. Mm -hmm. These are craftsmen. These are passionate individuals that have the know-how and the drive and the desire to make it work. Yeah. So if government really wants to get this industry off the ground and, and and see them succeed there's really only one thing they need to do get out of the way and let them do it because yeah. they want to do it and they're ready to go and they're ready to put 20 hour days in because that's what albertans do let them do it yeah 
it's it's uh it's like you're being they're being held back yep um to a point and you you know like listen we know uh the the beating that our economy has taken yeah. Um, like there's a lot of people saying oil and grass over oil and gas now, as far as transition, <laughs> a lot of people have come from that. Yeah. Um, uh, what about the kind of the, the big picture, um, has cannabis been done properly, uh, in your mind overall? I mean, do you, do you look at the big picture and say, listen, there's a few things we could do, or there's a lot of things we could do differently. How do you feel? In Alberta specifically? I, I, I guess because say, that's where we, yeah. Yeah. I would say if if I were sitting at the boardroom table two and a half years ago when they started talking about how they were going to legalize cannabis, mm -hmm. given that they had no idea what the roadmap would look like, they had no idea what the de destination was and had no idea how long it would take them to get there, they did about as well as anyone could do. Because um, they, they really, they were asked to put together a jigsaw puzzle with no idea as to what the picture was right. and no picture on the little pieces. Here, put it together. I think they did a pretty good job. Certainly there were, mis were mistakes made, but I don't think any of them were malicious. Uh, they're just being cautious. Uh, they, they, there's a need now for some of their rules to be brought forward and modernized because we recognize now that maybe they weren't necessary. That they could have been. Mm -hmm. And some of the rules that they probably looked at and went, we're going to get rid of that as soon as this is legalized because we're not going to need that might have turned into some very importantly needed rules. Um, like personally, I'm, I'm actually a, a supporter of their, their desire to roll products out slowly. So that the logistics of the delivery system and everything is, is respected and maintained. I know the retailers are really pulling hard to get everything on the shelves right now. Sure. But from an industry standpoint, I think the AGLC is actually handling that properly. Um, but there, there are things that, that need to be addressed and updated. Again, not because they were malicious, but they might, now that we're in the thick of it, be a better way to go about it. Well, and I think for, for a lot of people now that they haven't seen riots and fires in the streets and yeah. people jumping out of buildings and all this stuff that it's like, okay, it's not what my dad and his dad and everybody else thought it was or yeah. what, you know, like there is a process to, to do this because you know, all the, the eyes of the world are, uh, you know, there's, there's over 50 countries about to or, or contemplating this yeah. and they're they're all looking at us yeah and not just canada they're looking at alberta i mean bc is the homeland of bud in mm -hmm. canada and yet it's the alberta yeah. regulatory model that everyone is following think about that yeah. for a second and ontario is just a, has been a, a mess yeah yeah i mean like yeah. that. but they're starting to fix their problems they, they, they are bc's fixing their problems saskatchewan's I, fixing their problems yeah. We better fix our problems too, or we're going to get left behind. Yeah, right? you, you're right. You know, you can, you get it. You, we, we got out of the gate fast, but yep. now people are catching up and, and yep. we have to, you know, like this. And, and I agree with you when you, when you roll things out slowly, like if you ever give a toy to a kid and then try to take it away, yeah, it's, it's not a good scene. It doesn't work. Denver went through that, right? Colorado oh, went through that. What a mess. Yeah. So Canada has been like, I say a little or a giant balloon of cannabis, letting it out a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, we know now after a year and a half or whatever, it's going to be two years that this is working well, we can go a little bit, uh, we can loosen up the reins a little bit now yeah. that would, that we know it's not this terrible situation. Yeah. At least yeah. we hope anyway, that's the, that's, I don't know what, where else uh, they can go because it hasn't been a bad situation. No, exactly. And that's dispelling a lot of those myths, Yeah. right? There's, 
Yeah, there's not a bunch of potheads sleeping in the streets. Yeah, emergency rooms aren't piling no. up with people. No, that that's alcohol. Yeah, you're right. Right? That, that and and people are starting to recognize that cannabis is not such a bad substance. Yeah. You know, it's it's less intrusive than the other stuff. It's not as addictive. Yeah, there's a whole list of reasons why this is going to go. And there'll be so many more reasons to come uh, when yeah. the, the, the science kind of oh, opens it's up. Uh, yeah, it, it really is. I think and, what we're going to look back on in 30 years and go, <laughs> hey, remember when we thought that? Yeah. Remember when, when we knew about these three yeah. cannabinoids? Yeah. And there's, yeah. there's all this. So. Remember when we had to use opioids to yeah. deal with, the, like, who knows where this is going to well, go? Well, and, and it's like, I, I come from a sports background. I, I just can't wait till the first league of the big four really embraces this. And, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, when BioSteel, which is, you know, one of the biggest players in the sports game as far as nutrition supplements, is getting into CBD, yeah. you know that that's, 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 that's part of what's going to go mainstream with cannabis too. Absolutely. Right? If you have Ezekiel Elliott or, you know, Connor McDavid is a BioSteel guy, I don't know what the, the rules are. You have yeah. those guys uh, talking about it? Well, well, and if you think companies like BioSteel are looking at it, you have to right. know companies like, oh, I don't know, Kraft, General Mills. Yes. They're looking at it too. Yeah. Right. I mean, imagine a CBD version of Cheerios. Oh my goodness. Now you're right. making me hungry. Yeah, yeah well, it, they go hand in hand. That's but right, yeah. You, you never know where this is going to go, It right? is, yeah. And, and we, we're, you know, Nathan has the, Nathan Meissen of Fire and Flower at the, the event in Calgary had the analogy that uh, it's an iceberg, right? We, we exactly. only know uh, 10% about cannabis right now. The rest of it is, is still underwater, still to be yeah. discovered. And, and with that, I think that if, if I were to offer a caution to the industry... I mean, and again, a lot of these guys have been around a lot longer than me, mm-hmm. so take it with a grain of salt. But I would caution the retailers to just be careful not for competition from each other. But there's big retail chains out there that are going to want a piece of this. That's right. Um, you know, 25, 30 years ago, there were smoke shops everywhere where you'd go to buy your cigarettes. Now you go to the local gas station. Yeah. Do you think those companies aren't going to want a piece of cannabis? They're kind of maybe just waiting to see yeah. how it all works out. Yeah, they're well. A lot of them can't get licensing, right? But yeah. you just wait until companies like Shoppers Drug Mart or London Drugs or Domo Gas start carrying cannabis in their shops. That's the biggest upcoming mm-hmm. risk that we haven't seen yet. Well, you know, I, somebody told me in Vegas you can buy CBD from a kiosk in a mall, yep. so um, it, yeah. it, it will come. Uh, lastly, just your your opinion on. You know the the turmoil right now. There there is you know you would be naive to ignore the amount of layoffs and job losses that we've Absolutely. seen. Um, I think it's going to in the long run. Uh, I turn around. I, I don't have any doubt. But in the meantime, yeah. these are real people that are losing their jobs. I know what that's like. I went through that in the the media business right now. The media business right yeah. now is getting slashed yep. left, right, and center. There'll be robots on TV at some point just giving you the news. Yep. Um, and, and unfortunately we're seeing this and these are, as I mentioned, real people. So yeah. y- you feel for them and, and what's your thoughts on the, the industry forecast right now? It's not a good one. No, for, I don't. By, in a lot of people's eyes. I think the short term for forecast is one of continued trepidation. Um, and, and I think that the biggest harm is being done by industry members being interviewed about happenings in other companies or in other organizations. There, yeah. there was one guy who who's trying to start a competing organization to mine, and he was quoted during um, um, one of the big companies' layoff periods about, about commenting on the quality of their product. Okay. Not only is that immoral and unprofessional, 
but it doesn't help anybody. Right. You know, we, we as an industry have to stand firm and say, yeah, yeah, we're, we're under the gun here. We need help. Uh, and, and we do need help. Infighting doesn't help, though. No, it, it certainly doesn't. But also, I think it's important to understand that the guys doing these layoffs are not going home and high-fiving their family going, <laughs> I got to lay off 40 people today. Yeah. That, that is not, they're going home and they're crying because they don't want to be laying their friends off either. Yeah. So nobody is, you know, sitting in their ivory tower like Mr. Smithers from The Simpsons going, ha ha ha. Yeah, we're not seeing, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes you see in these, uh, these company layoffs where so-and-so company laid off 500 people, um, yet the uh, CEOs took home a $2.5 million bonus and things like that, right? Yeah, like that's the, not what's This happening. is not the industry that that's, this is happening yeah. in, like the auto industry in the past and things like that. Well, and without naming any, any company names, but the two big layoff occurrences in Alberta, mm-hmm. both of them removed their CEO. That's right. That says something. Yeah. These are top-down driven organizations and performance is expected at the top of these companies, not just from the run-of-the-mill right. worker. I mean, we're, we're all in this together. So if I were to give any comment, it's that it doesn't matter what your title is or what your business card mm-hmm. says, you're in this to make your company succeed. Mm-hmm. And if you've got to make that really, really tough decision, my heart goes out to you because, damn, that would be hard. And, you're in, and you need to be in it for the long haul. This, yeah. is, not, this is not a two, three year flip and, and, and get rich uh, situation, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Um, but, and, and I will say my background is as a real estate agent, not a stockbroker. So <laughs> don't right, take yeah, my right, opinion yeah, on yeah. this in any way, shape or form. All right. Finally, uh, how can people find out more about the, uh, Alberta Cannabis Council and if they're interested in joining or finding out some more information? So we have a very rudimentary website up right now. It can give you a couple of brief ideas, but most importantly, my email address and phone number at the bottom of it. So All you right. can go to albertacannabiscouncil.ca. Uh, there will be a better version of the site coming in the next few weeks. Uh, we just, I mean, we've had a lot of stuff to do in the four months I've been running <laughs> the organization. And, you know, now we're starting to get to some of this stuff. Um, you know, something will derail it next week, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, they, they can go to the website. They, they can at least figure out who we're about. But more than anything, I would encourage people to send me an email from that website. It's john.carl at albertacannabiscouncil.ca. Mm-hmm. Um, and the spelling is on the website. But yeah, to touch base with me. I'd be happy to talk to anyone about the organization, about what we're doing. Uh, we do our very best to keep the memberships fees as low as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're running this stuff right now on the gratitude and thanks of our members more than anything. Right. Like I don't have expensive offices. I don't have high-end equipment. I use everybody else's boardrooms right now to, to have our meetings and get things going because you know, we're on a shoestring budget and we need members. Um, and and it, I will say, it says a lot about our industry that we have not just retailers and LPs, but guys like yourself join mm-hmm. the organization and other companies like Grant Thornton, Stantec, MNP. These are massive, massive companies right. that want to see the cannabis sector thrive. And when companies like that stand up and say, I want that industry to work, government goes, yes, sir, we yeah. understand that this is now important. They take notice. Yeah, because... I mean, and, and not to tout any single member, but when you get a, a company with the management and industry expertise of MNP saying, we want this industry to thrive, government takes their opinion yeah. because they are the expert on industry. Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of people think about, uh, um, you know, the cannabis industry as retailers and LPs. Uh, they mm-hmm. don't think uh, oftentimes about the lawyers or 
the the building yeah. companies or the, the exactly. different things, the the accounting companies that yeah. are gonna, you know, cannabis companies are gonna need uh, accounts and you know th- all that. Packaging the, companies. The uh, yeah. the the kind of the second layer of the cannabis industry. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to. Um, be a consumer of the product to be involved in the industry. No. So that's the beautiful thing. And if the industry is employing somewhere around 10,000 people in Alberta right now, what do you think that second tier is employing? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, this, this is a big industry. There's a lot of Albertans that are working because of this industry. And hopefully more to come. I sure hope so. Yeah. John, this has been a lot of fun. Thank Absolutely you so much. Uh, I look forward to becoming a member and uh, yeah. having you back on again. Anytime. Appreciate it. Thank you. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. David Wiley from the OZ, OkanaganZ.com slash OZ joins me every week for This Week in Cannabis News. You can give them a follow on Twitter at OkanaganZ and at Wiley Writer. Uh, David, how are you today? Hello, hello. I'm enjoying the sunshine. That is always good. Uh, even when it's cold here in Alberta, if we can get a little bit of sun, it makes things uh, just a little bit more tolerable in the minus 25s uh, that we get. Um, the first story we're going to tackle today is about uh, roadside breathalyzers. And I was at the uh, Cannabis and Hemp Expo in Edmonton almost a year ago, and there were officers there telling us about uh, that there were indeed breathalyzers, but they're not all created equal or they're not an exact science, are they? You know, we've been hearing about roadside cannabis breathalyzers for a long time now. You hit on it. They were talking about it last year. Uh, they were talking about it the year before and the year before that. And the, the learnings here are that doing a THC breathalyzer is hard. Uh, it's, it's not easy to develop the technology necessary. There are a lot of different factors that can come into play. And the researchers here at UBC Okanagan, they've been working on it for years. Uh, one of their one of their faculty, engineering professor Mina Morfar, she runs the the university's advanced thermofluidic lab. That just sounds smart. <laughs> uh, she's been working on a device for several years years using what the university calls a quote unquote artificial nose technology. And this is only one of the different types of technology that's trying to be developed. She had recently supervised a study of the five leading styles of THC breathalyzers that that are currently commercialized uh, or or under development. And uh, one of the undergrads who had worked on this, she says that uh, despite the the large potential, there are several technical difficulties with trying to come up uh, with one that works. And that part of that is that a healthy person, she says, can exhale just a complex mixture of gases. And hmm. uh, based on what we do every day, whether that's smoking or eating, uh, whatever environment you're in or what medications you're taking. So there, there are all kinds of different factors that impact whether or not these will give an accurate reading. And that that's something that we've heard for a while. There's a lot of concern even within uh, the community, the cannabis community, that people are going to get pulled over and tested uh, results that are that show that there's some THC um, present in the system. But who knows how long it's been there? Who knows if the person's actually intoxicated? We don't know these things. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this technology starts to evolve over the next bunch of years. You know, I, I think, unfortunately, what it's going to lead to uh, in, in the short term, if you rush that, is a lot of challenges in court. I mean, people are going to be saying, look, at they're, they're, these machines aren't reliable as um, an alcohol, blood alcohol level uh, machine. So, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the, you really don't want to rush this or else you're going to have a, potentially a whole bunch of cases overturned. Right, right at the point of legalization, uh, we ran a story on the OZ talking to a local lawyer here. And that was his point. He, he said, you're going to see immediate challenges because the technology just isn't reliable. Well, hopefully they uh, they do get it right um, because um, it, it it would be if, you know affecting people's lives because um, even if you're accused of something these days, it's it's really hard to uh, get your reputation back. Um, okay, let's move on uh, to this um, interesting story. We're, we're hearing about drinks, and we're going to talk about teas in just a second. But uh, Afria seems to be on the verge of having a quick onset drink and. And these are, are, are important because if anybody's had an edible before, it takes sometimes hours for them to kick in. This, much, much shorter than that, isn't it? It's it, it's such an inaccurate science. Uh, depending on what you're taking, I mean, it could take hours. Uh, people say that you t- have a piece of chocolate uh, and then wait for 30, 45 minutes, an hour to see if it kicks in and to have a little more. But what if you're out and about and you want to, say, go to maybe one of those future lounges and sit, sit back and have a drink, right? You want that to, to kick in fast. You want to feel right away how uh, how high you are um, and really have a handle on that. So Afria now is saying that they're developing, their scientists are developing drinks that can get you high in five minutes flat. And the way that they've done it, is that they're using some sort of water-soluble, quote-unquote, beverage enhancers uh, that can cause a quick kick into the effect. Now, it's interesting. This comes from a story by the Windsor Star. They're talking about um, Avria's cannabis vape products, calling them liquid gold. And, you, you know, as part of this story, the idea, this, this idea that scientists are developing a drink that can kick in in five minutes was really just a throwaway thought. And, but to me, this is a big deal. If we can develop something that, that hits quick, uh, you know, as fast as, as using a vape product or as fast as smoking a joint, uh, that's, that'll be a huge step forward when it comes to edibles and drinks. And I, and I think just as important is, um, the quick offset too, if, if you will, um, you know, we're hearing that there's going to be drinks that have this fast onset. It hits you fast, and then it goes away, like smoking a joint does. Um, and you know, like th- things that, you know, if you want to go to a barbecue, you want to have two of these drinks. You can you can feel your effects, and then you can wait your appropriate time, and and you know, you can make your way home, much like you would do if you had a couple of beers or something like that. So, quick onset, quick yeah. offset. I think that's really the future. And, and that's a great point. I've used oils before and really felt nothing, went to bed, and then woke up at 2 in the morning right. just just high. You know, 2 in the morning watching CBC News uh, trying to <laughs> trying to come down. Yeah. So the quick onset and the quick offset, yeah, what a, what a great, 
direction. All right, let's stick with drinks uh, for a second and uh, talk about cannabis teas. Uh, I picked up some uh, CBD tea uh, the other day. I really liked it. Uh, I don't like paying 20 bucks uh, for three tea bags, though. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. obviously something that in Alberta, you know, in, listen, we pay, uh, our province has the highest taxes of anybody. It's uh, 24 per, over 24%. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why the prices are so high. So, but I did like the effects, and I did like the idea. Uh, I do like the idea of of cannabis tea. And I think that you picked up the same product that that I tried with my partner. It was every peach, yes, ginger, uh, green tea. It was delicious. It, it, it tasted amazing. Um, you know, just a perfect mug of tea. And so it's uh, these are ten milligrams CBD each bag. And it's funny that I was a little bit shocked by that. I assumed for some reason um, that it was going to be 10 milligrams of, of CBD across the three bags, but you, you can't um, you can't overlap the THC limits with right. the CBD limits. So it was 10, 10 milligrams of CBD per bag, and you, there was enough brewed in the pot for both of us to have you know, about a mug and a half, yeah. and I, I felt great. It was warmly pleasant. Uh, it even got a giggle out of me, this tea. Um, we both experienced that mellow calming effect. And, and like you said, the price point is pretty high. $19 is what I paid for it. And the THC teas are, are even higher. They're about eight bucks a bag. Oof. So it's, uh, it's not a cheap night of sitting in front of the, the TV and sipping on a mug. That's for sure. Yeah. They will, um, attract some people and they will attract more people when the price comes down, uh, because mm. it's just, uh, uh, unfortunately that's, that's something for, for a lot of things, but I, I do think the, uh, the product is, is good and it is, um, something I will have on hand, you know, I'm not going to have it every day. Uh, but I will have it on hand to uh, to be able to uh, enjoy. Um, okay, before we yeah, get... me too. Just a lovely experience, really, overall. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, before we get to some comments about uh, Peter McKay, uh, which are just, just I don't I don't even understand them. Um, quickly, let's talk about some expansion by uh, Hobo Cannabis. They're they're making a run. Um, Hobo Cannabis is now the retail market leader uh, by the numbers in Vancouver. They just opened up their fourth uh, their fourth shop. It's right in the shopping district uh, on Robson Street there. It's their fifth location in BC. Uh, Hobo operates one of only two stores currently open in Kelowna. Uh, and you may remember them from their from their initial store launched in the Ottawa area. Strangely, uh, that's no longer listed as part of their uh, part of, part of their properties. Um, though they do say that they have three stores uh, opening up pretty quick here in Ontario. That they'll have the first retail store in Timmins, and uh, they'll also have locations in the Byward Market. It's, I'm not sure if you've ever been to Ottawa, but the Byward Market is beautiful. It's, it's, it's very similar to the Kensington Market in Toronto. Hmm. See a lot of uh, a lot of fresh produce there, and a lot of our uh, you know local artisans. It's a great location to open up a cannabis store. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, and they'll also have one more uh, in the the suburb of Nepean, uh, in Ottawa. There, so they have uh, they they've got quite a few opening up now, and uh, I guess they're starting to become one of the one of the larger retailers. Nowhere near Spirit Leaf, though. 
Yeah, spirit leaf uh, is a, a bit of a different animal than most of them because uh, there are some corporate shops and then there are uh, a lot of franchises. Uh, well, uh, mm-hmm. uh, growing expansion in BC is good. Um, expansion in uh, in Alberta is is good uh, for some and not so great for others because there's so many stores. But I, I don't think uh, that is gonna is is gonna continue. I think the uh, um, unfortunately, uh, some stores are going to th- thin out and some areas are going to, uh, thin out, but it's not going away. Yeah. And, and, and some comments recently by Peter McKay, who is, you know, vying for the conservative leadership, uh, uh, uh head. I, I just kind of, when, when you sent them to me and we just kind of discussed them, uh, uh, after our broadcast last week, I just, I don't understand it. You know, his comments about not agreeing with the uh, legalization, um, is this something that you think he would actually run on of 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 getting rid of legalization? I, I just don't understand where the comments come from and, and why he would make them. You know, I, I feel like he wasn't prepared for the question, but I, I don't even want to try to get into Peter McKay's head. He's uh, currently the front runner for the leadership of the Conservative Party to replace Andrew Scheer. And he was talking to uh, the uh, Kelowna newspaper, The Daily Courier, for their Okanagan weekend edition with uh, their managing editor. Had a, I guess, a one-on-one exclusive. I think it was one of the, even one of the first interviews that McKay's given out here in Western Canada. And was asked, point blank, do you support cannabis legalization? McKay said, I don't. Uh, he said what he most worries about is the impact on young people, mental health implications, impaired driving. He went on to say that legalization was forced. He called it a back-of-the-napkin promise that uh, Justin Trudeau had made. And he said, and I quote, there's now simply more marijuana available to more people, including young people. Uh, McKay's stance is that it should have been decriminalized instead of legalized. And uh, he says that the promise of legalization, the, that legalization was going to reduce the black market, has been nothing but a complete failure. I, it's it's just such a bizarre thing for him to say. I don't understand why someone running for the the you know the top job in one of Canada's biggest political parties would go on and alienate such a large and diverse potential voter base, and especially when you look at the the Conservative Party, which is supposed to be that business-friendly side. We have massive corporations here yeah. in Canada now that are that are really moving the cannabis market forward. You've got your your canopy, canopy you've got Hexo, um, you know, on and on. And I, I wonder what on earth got into his head to, to go and say something like that. Where Canada should be, and I've said this before and I'll say it again until the cows come home, but Canada should be a global leader in the cannabis industry. We are developing some amazing products. We are working through uh, the, the, the knots and the difficulties in legalization. And other countries in the world are looking to us and will continue to look at us as leaders in this sector. And if any of the potential conservative party leaders want to uh, at all show an inclusive and friendly face, then I really think that that party needs to get its messaging down when it comes to how it feels about cannabis and cannabis legalization, because no one seems to be talking about industry and how important this industry is for future growth and future exports. Uh, It's we're leaders. 
let's just come out and say it. Canada is a leader and we support those who are making this industry grow and prosper. Well, and it's, it's such a strange thing to do. I mean, did nobody learn from how Justin Trudeau was elected in the first place, riding the legalization wave and people like it. So I, that on one hand, I don't know why you would alienate such a, uh, like you said, such a, a massive, uh, voter population. Um, and, and the other thing is it's not just, you know, yes, uh, you know, canopy and hexo lot, big companies, but what about the, uh, kind of the periphery businesses, the lawyers, the, the contractors, the, the amount of jobs that this industry is creating with the facilities that are being built from the, you know, there's plumbers, lawyers, mm-hmm. whatever you look at, you like, it's not just within the cannabis industry that this is going to create jobs. And if the conservatives are so business friendly, they should be looking at that aspect of it. Absolutely. I'm, yeah. Mom and pop stores. And I mentioned the big corporations because uh, the conservative party has classically been about those big right. corporations and helping them grow. It, it's the hypocritical side of this too, that just gets my goat. And, you know, looking for a photo, as us uh, print and web journalists do, you know, I came across a photo on Peter McKay's Facebook page of him sitting hobnobbing with uh, former Prime Minister Stephen Harper holding uh, what looks to be a moosehead beer. So, you know, it's all well and good for Mr. McKay to sit back and suck a cold one back while he's talking with his political buddies. But, you know, God forbid somebody have a cannabis drink when they come out or God forbid somebody hit the, you know, hit the dry herb vape. Uh, I don't understand where the double standard comes from. Yeah. Uh, you and me both. Uh, and, and I just, I just, like you said, I don't think it's a very good, smart strategy, uh, heading into such an important uh, time in that party and, and our countries, uh, you know, parties that embrace this industry and help it move forward. I, you know, I think those are the ones that are going to win out in the end especially from our perspective. For sure. David, as always, thanks so much for joining me. You can follow uh, David on Twitter at Wiley Writer. You can follow at Okanagan Z and check out the website, okanaganz.com slash OZ. Thanks as always, David. Have yourself a great week. You too. Good to talk to you. What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator. Chris Ionson, my good friend from the Jasper Ave location of Nova Cannabis, is with me as usual for What's That Strain? And today we are doing Death Bubba from Quest, a uh, heavy indica. We're also going to talk about some of the vape pens that have uh, hit your stores finally. So first of all, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dean. As always, it's a pleasure. So Death Bubba, uh, as mentioned, heavy indica. Uh, this is one that uh, is is uh, not to, to be trifled with if you have a productive day. I think it would be the enemy <laughs> of a lot of productive days, wouldn't you yeah, say? Maybe it's like uh, the death in it is a, it's a productive killer. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it is the death of your uh, productive day for sure. So let's talk about the, uh, the LP first of all. Uh, this is from uh, Quest, uh, which is a premium cannabis brand out of Creston, BC. 
Yeah, totally. Uh, so, uh, Quest, uh, they're kind of an interesting LP. Uh, we just started seeing them um, last year uh, in the rec market. Uh, but they've got, like, their regular kind of Quest uh, line, and they have the Quest Reserve, right. uh, where they have kind of uh, unique genetics that they'll, uh, you know, they'll pop in and out uh, where it's, it's not always a committed thing. It'll change up every couple of months. Mm, that's a kind of an interesting concept actually. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, great LP. Um, like you said, they're out of Creston, BC. Um, and their facility is uh, actually called the Quest Cannabis Estate. And hmm. it's this uh, really cool looking uh, facility right in the mountains. Uh, and it's a 26,000 square foot uh production facility where they grow their cannabis there it really is a site uh, and you go on their website you see it. it it almost looks like a ranch uh nestled in kind of the foothills of the mountains right yeah yeah with like the mountain backdrop there yeah that's a beautiful shot yeah. Uh, uh yeah if that was where you had to go to work every day that'd be pretty cool it wouldn't be work for sure yeah um so interesting thing about uh this quest cannabis estate is uh is the there's a pure mountain water creek uh that runs through the hmm. estate uh, and that's, that's the water they use to, uh, to feed their plants. Uh, Would you say maybe it's uh, a magic Creek when it comes to cannabis? Yeah, it is. It is a magic Creek for <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, mainly because, uh, the pH levels in this Creek are actually ideal for, for growing cannabis. Wow. Uh, it's uh, a true gift from nature, they say. Oh, that is, uh, amazing. So that's in their... 26,000 square feet facility and they, they do have room to grow as they say in the business. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that facility sitting on, uh, uh just over a hundred acres, mm. uh, with, with room for growth here as things progress. But for now they're kind of operating into this in on this facility now, but, uh, uh, just, just an awesome, awesome brand, great cannabis. And, and they're really all about that BC bud. That's kind of a, a big part of their, their yeah. culture. BC bud known around the world. You know, it's a term for, you know, whether the bud is good or not, it's a term for good bud. Like that's what yeah. BC bud means, whether it's from California or Amsterdam or whatever. It's, if you say this is some good BC bud, you're talking about some primo stuff. Yeah. That's I I've encountered that, uh, you know, in, in my travels too, uh, in Amsterdam, uh, people are calling stuff BC bud and I was like, that's not actually from BC, but it, it was cool to hear them say yeah. that term as in like, it's just a high quality setting that, the standard, right? Yeah, it's that good, good. Yeah. And that's what these guys are doing. kind of setting the standard. Um, they're, they're, you know, using nature, this, this wonderful Creek and they're, they're classified as small batch growers, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely small batch grower, um, kind of similar to like broken coast, uh, mm -hmm. where, uh, there's more of a focus, you know, on the plant. So it allows the growers to carefully, carefully, uh, monitor and track, uh, each plant's needs, uh, versus, you know, a room with, you know, 2,500 plants in it, sure. or, you know. So, so they're, they're the, uh, kind of the epitome among some others as, uh, quality over quantity and they're, they're worried about great product and not so much worried about a lot of product. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's important. That's, that's a big for me. Uh, that's a value that I, I appreciate as a consumer, um, with, with their buds too, it's all hand trimmed too. And it's, mm -hmm. it's noticeable, uh, you know, they haven't been using like some of the, uh, the bigger LPs will have, uh, you know, the machines to trim and, and I think it's just better to get a, a human touch on it. It might For cost sure. a bit more on the labor and, and stuff, but, um, it is noticeable. All, every quest product I've had has had a really good trim job. We're seeing, uh, if you're watching it on uh, our YouTube or the weed tube channel, you're seeing, uh, what it does look like in, uh, in our, uh, close up shot. And then you can tell the trim job is, uh, 
It's really good. It's a, it's a, it's a really fine, you can tell hand done trim job. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, uh, I wish the cameras had smell too. Uh, yeah. uh, you guys should smell this stuff too. It is dank. Um, but uh, what, the one last thing to mention, kind of about Quest and their quality buds, mm -hmm. uh, um, top cuts, so they use the top colas. Uh, but uh, curing is a, is a big part of the, their process. So uh, kind of like top shelf wines, uh, their well-cured buds are, are smooth and flavorful. So um, Quest kind of, they've, they've got this, these custom designed uh, curing rooms um, that are, you know, their own kind of uh, technology. They're not really sharing with people there, right. but uh, it is noticeable. All their strains that I've had are super terpy, super flavorful, um, just just great. And and this Death Bubba is awesome. Yeah, the, you can you can tell uh, that they take a lot of care uh, with it as well, and. They, um, they, they have some, uh, we mentioned some custom design curing rooms, but they're also known for the pretty rare genetic library of strains that they have as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a lot of the strains that you'll see, uh, come from quest, uh, are going to be like rare, uh, where like no one, no other LPs, you know, growing these strains. So they've got kind of, uh, good leads to good genetics. Um, some of the strains that we've seen so far, uh, super lemon haze, uh, gelato 33 ice cream cake uh, wedding breath um, that they make that they i've seen that had that in pre-rolls yeah one gram pre-roll it's it awesome. really great they great got, roll job everything's tight it's they're, perfect. yeah their rolls are really good i i do appreciate the pre-roll yeah. quality um the pre-98 bubba kush is amazing uh, -huh. uh that is that's that's one we, we just worth talking about it it comes in at like 14 percent and Man, I, I can't even finish, uh, you know, like half of the joint with one other person. It's we put it out, we'll save it for later. That's kind of rare for me. Um, just a heavy, heavy hitter. Yeah, it's uh, and it's it's delicious. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it really is. I'm uh, I'm a big uh, big fan of uh, the pre '98 Bubba Kush uh, yeah, no strawberry doubt. cough. Uh, I think maybe you mentioned that as well. Yeah, the strawberry cough uh, that they have actually is like higher THC too, though it's um, it's coming at like nineteen twenty percent. Some of the other strawberry coughs that might be a less rare genetic. A couple of the other guys are doing it, but definitely a lower THC. So Quest is you know bump theirs right up. All right, um, they're known for ultra premium quality. Like that that is what they want to be known for, right? The yep. the, the high end of cannabis yeah it is it's it's craft cannabis uh, and and uh you know for now it's you might notice that a bit on your, your wallet the stuff's uh, not cheap uh but if you're looking to treat yourself it's kind of like a, a nice bottle of wine mm -hmm. or a, a nice uh, bottle of scotch um you know costs a little bit more but it's 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 worth it if you're after that you know really flavorful yeah uh, nice stuff and you can buy some of it and you know, it, it properly uh, store it or whatever, and and you don't have to have it all in one night. You can save it for the next special occasion as you, yeah. as long as you kind of take care of it. And you know, that's that's the beauty of it. You maybe you don't want to you smoke it all or consume it all in one night, right? No. Uh, you know, anytime I get this, some of this, space the, it out. Yeah, make it last. Yeah. Uh, whenever I get this boutique stuff that you know I I paid you know a little bit more for, I uh, definitely try to stretch it out. I'll. Uh, you know, smoke smaller joints, uh, with it or, or, or bowls. Uh, uh, you, yeah, you won't see me, uh, you know, roll up three fatties and there goes my eight, right. uh, in, in one night. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not a good plan. So, no. 
Um, when we talk about Quest, uh, they are under the We Grow BC umbrella. Tell us about them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we Grow BC uh, is their parent company. Uh, they were founded in uh, late 2013 uh, as a licensed producer uh, back then to grow medicinal cannabis. Um, and uh, six years later, uh, in November of 2019, We, we Grow BC uh, partnered up with Westleaf uh, to kind of form uh, this this uh, larger company. And uh, we're talking about is uh, Westleaf has... Um, couple of really neat facilities mm -hmm. uh they've got the thunder child's cultivation plant and it's uh it's an eighty thousand square foot facility uh it's actually named after uh the thunder child first nation um group that uh they were like the first kind of largest contributors to west wow. uh, it was a eight million dollar investment you, you get you get a facility named after when yeah, you throw in eight large ones right <laughs> yeah for sure i'm surprised they should name a strain after them too. yeah no kidding maybe there is thunder child that's kind of a cool name for a strain. i would like that yeah um so that that's neat uh, they also have the plant uh which is an extraction facility okay. where they do a lot of research and development um with the distillates and the oils and um also, what I've, I was kind of intrigued on, it was uh, their like recreational brands. Um, General Admission uh, is is one of their brands. Uh, and it's kind of like just a regular cannabis uh, entry-level stuff. Okay. Uh, and then they had this Backstage. And this is under... Uh, Westleaf. Westleaf, right? Yeah. And Backstage is more of their premium. So I like that. General Admission, and then yeah. you pay a little, a little uh, extra, you get a little Backstage, you get a little better experience. Yeah, it's just, it's just like uh, you know buying a more expensive uh, beer or wine or yeah. uh, cut of meat or something like yeah, that. You know, you're, you're getting a little bit of an upgrade for sure. Yeah, it's I like, like that. Buy, like buying Quest. <laughs> General Admission and backstage uh, is nice uh, they also have uh, loon which is uh, health and wellness correct yeah that's right yeah um and um prairie records is yeah. is, is is under their uh their umbrella too uh that's a retail division um they've got uh, two stores in saskatchewan one in uh, in calgary right now a really neat cannabis retail location where you actually shop the store and it's like a record shop and they've got you know like vinyl records with pink kush and tangerine dream and uh, and that's that's how you shot the place so it's kind of centralized around music yeah which i think is huge cannabis and music are you know they go together hand in hand yeah i i totally agree that's it's a, it's a great concept any any way you can stand out in uh industry where you can advertise right now uh, is is a you got to do what you can to attract people to come in uh, yeah. okay so the history of death baba and you know this is uh, uh really heavy indica and we're gonna find out why because uh, the lineage is uh, some pretty big names with a lot of indica strains yeah for sure uh so death baba uh was created in 2012 uh, in vancouver bc mm -hmm. um at the sea to sky alternative healing society no way yeah so they're like a, a dispensary out there and uh and a guy working there mateo Soliman, uh is the guy that kind of created this uh this this breed here uh by crossing death star with with bubba kush and as you'd mentioned with uh, the the lineage mm -hmm. there uh, uh death star is is a cross of uh, sensi star and sour diesel it's award-winning too yeah it is award-winning uh and i've i've had it before it's great uh worth worth checking out all right uh and and so death star crossed with bubba kush and bubba kush is just a classic classic strain uh, it's og crossed with the kind of the mysterious indica which a lot a lot of people believe was northern lights so there's a lot of indica in this and 
death bubba overall uh, it's not 90 percent indica but it's a, a good percentage of indica this is this this kind of strain yeah it is uh 70 indica 30 percent sativa um yeah definitely uh higher thc range to uh 22 to 27 percent mm. Um, you know, when you're starting at 22%, do you know it's a pretty he big heavy hitter? Yeah, definitely is, uh, for sure. I, I, I'd like to try some of the 27%. I feel like, you know, one puff of that and I'd be, uh, I'd be out. Yeah, and, and as we say, uh, sometimes it's not all about uh, high THC. Sometimes lower THC with the different kind of effects will get to you. But high THC is, is definitely going to, to get to you and gonna, it's going to have some effects. Now, this is an indica. And sometimes there's a difference between high THC sativas and high THC indicas as far as some of the effects and uh, maybe some anxiety that uh, that some people feel with a high THC sativa as opposed to high THC indica. Yeah, absolutely, Dean. Uh, I think with our higher THC sativa, like a, a newer consumer to cannabis, uh, you know, they're, they're going to get a little paranoid. Mm -hmm. You're going to overthink things and just kind of have a bit of an anxious trip Yeah. Uh, versus like a higher THC indica. Um, you're just going to, you know, get that couch lock on. You're probably going to fall asleep. You probably won't socialize much, fall yeah. asleep. You're not going to talk much. Um, but uh, less of an anxious kind yeah. of thing. Still not, uh, this is definitely not a beginner strain, which we'll get into yeah. uh, in a little bit. Now, the website, uh, questcannabis.com, it's nice. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of cool things about it, but it's not overwhelming. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's got a good message. Um, good artwork, too. I kind of like, I like the photos they use. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some fun kind of art, artsy photos in some there. Nature, sunrises, yeah. and there's that beautiful picture of their facility. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. That's, it's a, that's a wonderful shot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do appreciate the, you know, when you get into the strains and stuff and details on their product, uh, it's pretty, pretty good details on, on it. And that the kind of spinning plant. Yeah. Interactive 3D, almost uh, yeah. spinning of the plant. So it's a nice blend of uh, artistic, uh, uses technology, uh, but it's uh, simple. It's not uh, overbearing and not, uh, you know, really hard. So uh, questcannabis.com, uh, some of the pictures are, uh, are are definitely uh, worth checking out as well. Okay, so uh, the THC on uh, this uh, batch that I picked up is 22%. So this is, you know, pretty high THC, but compared to some of the other stuff that you've seen, this is on the lower end of that high scale. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, I, but I've had, I've had this, this batch here. I, I had some, I just got rid of it, uh, but uh, it's strong. It hits hard. Um, yeah. 22 is, is definitely like, it's very couch locky. I, I find myself really not wanting to, to do, get up to much and just get yeah. the couch and chill. I'm not sure I'd want um, like a whole lot higher THC uh, percentage than, you know, it'd be interesting, but uh, not very productive. I think you're just going to be, so wiped out and, and tired. Uh, and I, I guess if you really want to sleep, sure. But <laughs> yeah. I'm happy with the 22%. Like that, that's good for me. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it, and this stuff here is a really good smoke. Like it's, I don't think anyone would be too too upset with the 22 here. It's, yeah. it's super nice. Okay, so what's in a name? Well, this is pretty simple. It's a combination of its lineage, right? It is, yeah. Death Bubba, Death Star crossed with Bubba Kush equals Death Bubba. Yeah, and maybe uh, the death of your producti productivity. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there is uh, definitely that. Or, you know, you smoke death bubble, you take a nap, people are going to think, uh, 
Is he alive? Yeah. And, uh, uh, check, yeah. check up on you. Uh, but it, it is a lineage-based uh, name for sure. Okay, so the look, um, as we, uh, if you're watching on uh, YouTube or the Weed Tube, uh, comes in a plastic tub. Uh, also comes in a, a box. Uh, I'm not sure the box is absolute necessary when you already have the the tub, but uh, pretty standard. Uh, I didn't even look uh, notice if there's a lip on the inside or not. So. I don't think there is. Yeah, which it would be a nice bonus. Yeah. I've really grown to hate the lips on the inside yeah. when you're trying to get all <laughs> the remnants and spend your trichomes out. So uh, mm -hmm. uh, pretty uh, standard packaging look. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did come with a Bovita pack. That's right. Which uh, which I always appreciate seeing. Uh, I just I think everybody should just invest and do that. And just a hundred percent. Listen, uh, when you when you get your bud and you don't need a grinder, it needs uh, some help. And you know, I've bought some recently like that and had to bring it back with my own hydro packs or, or whatever they might be. Mm -hmm. So I I applaud uh, Quest for for throwing those in there. And then uh, as for the look of the bud. Um, two-tone sort of forest green look overall yeah. to it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, good uh, brown pistols. Um, really excellent trichome coverage on it too. When you get uh, you know get a light up close to it, it, it's got some some real good sparkles. Um, and again, the really nice trim job is uh, is worth worth talking about. Too. Yeah, hand uh, trim job, and um, you can tell that it comes with a Bovita pack when you feel it. it's got that soft nerfy kind of yeah. spongy, not too saturated, but it's not crumbling in your yeah. hands. Yeah. Uh, I also found it to be sticky. I, the ah, the best that good. I got, I had the one big button there that uh, I remember squeezing uh, in between my fingers and then I, I went to let go and it was stuck to one of my fingers. It was awesome. It was a big enough bud too that was like, okay, this, stuff. Stu this stuff's sticky. What are we talking for terpene profile? So the, the three dominant terpenes uh, in, in Death Bubba are, uh, are pinene, uh, caryophylline, and humulene. Uh, so the pinene's got that kind of piney uh, aroma and flavor to it. Caryophylline, your homie. Yeah. Uh, black pepper, kind of spiciness to it. Uh, and then humulene has kind of got a, a hops kind of flavor to it. Okay. Uh, desired effect uh, when you have had this uh, in the past. Oh, boy. Uh, total relaxation. <laughs> total relaxation very chill uh this is a pretty couch locky indica yeah. uh it's real good for getting your chill on your nap on getting going for a snooze um, you know that's a good point if you if you are a person that likes to nap in the afternoon mm -hmm. and, and you don't have anything to do it's a perfect nap strain like this is a it, great nap. I, I would i've had this in the past and it's a pre-bedtime uh definite for me yeah yeah definitely um yeah, I, I like that you mentioned that though. Like, if you had a you know a day off and you just wanted to have a chill day on the couch and just you yeah know, go in and out of little naps, uh, you'll have a lot of fun with Bubba Kush because um, good Sunday strain if you have nothing going on, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and with it too, I mean, it's very heavy indica, so like there's there's profound body effects I find yeah. uh, when I smoke it. Um, usually uh, that initial euphoric blast. Um, yeah, you get a bit of a burst, right? Yeah, a little bit of a burst off the start, and it's it's kind of even like a mild burst of energy. As it, I'm contradicting myself here, but it doesn't last. No, it doesn't last. It's <laughs> for like the you know the first couple of hits, you, you, you hit the death bubba, 
um, you know, things are setting in and um, you've got a couple of minutes of like, all right, there's a little bit of energy. I'm starting to feel really good. And then about five minutes into it, it's all right. Coach. Productivity, slow down. You just slow right down. It's like a, like a unplugging, a, you know, a, a robot when they, they're talking uh, in their, you know, uh, in their robot voice and then... <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That was a good robot impression uh, <laughs> as well. So who and what is this good for? Uh, so uh, who it's good for, it's not good for beginners. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're new to cannabis, uh, I wouldn't jump on the death bubble right away. It's uh, it's pretty, pretty serious stuff. Uh, definitely intermediate to expert uh, if you feel comfortable with it. I uh, definitely say expert. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. Um, yeah, it's pretty heavy hitting strain. So yeah, you're gonna want to kind of work your way up to it. Um, what it's good for? Uh, relaxing, uh, ending your day, uh, falling asleep. Like that's that was just like that was my take on it. Every time I I hit it, uh, I would you know have a tough time like keeping my eyes open uh, for the most part. Uh, so um, it's really good for the evenings too, mm -hmm. unless you want to chill all day. Yeah, if you're, I'm gonna try to uh, not light the. Uh the mic on fire this time as we did uh, where, but I'm going to uh, give this a whirl as you tell us a little bit about uh, the taste test, what I should be experiencing. Yeah, for sure. So with the death Bubba, um, the main kind of taste you're going to get there, earthy and earthy and piney. Um, but it's kind of got a sweet aftertaste on the exhale there. Mm. Um, yeah. It's pretty nice. I, I like the way that the death Bubba tastes like I'm a big fan of those kind of earthy, um, skunkier strains, like it doesn't need to be a fruity. Doesn't always uh, have to be, yeah, right? It doesn't. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the taste? Uh, there's uh, definitely some uh, some pine, like that. Uh, obviously, with with piney, but like earthy. Um, it, it seems weird to say it tastes like dirt, but it kind of has that yeah. uh, dirt earthy taste. Dirty. Which, <laughs> yeah, which when, when you don't have a whole mouthful of dirt, that taste isn't that bad. When it sans the dirt, you know, <laughs> like that terpene is, is great. But um, there is a bit of a, a sweet on the exhale. Um, and it definitely, uh, you got earthy, piney. Uh, it, it smells, you used the word dank earlier. Yeah. Like that, that, that's a, it's an interesting word. Dank is, uh, you know, you, when somebody says dank, you kind of you kind of picture it in your mind, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's yeah, yeah, it's like a, a visual smell. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not a good smell. Like it necessarily like someone's like, oh, like you smell great, you smell dank. Yeah, like, like somebody told you you smell dank, you'd be like, I need to shower. Yeah, but in <laughs> your cannabis, right, yeah. it's yeah, in cannabis, right? I feel like it's a compliment for your cannabis to yeah. to have that dank smell. Um, <laughs> Uh, even, even like smelling this on this stuff, I, there's a little hints of like, it's kind of gassy too. There's yeah. yeah. That dank gas, uh, with, you know, little pine kind of notes in there. I like it. Yeah. It's uh, it's a good strain. I'm a big fan of the Bubba stuff, especially the death Bubba. Yeah. So this is death Bubba from quest. Uh, it's a really heavy indica high THC. This batch that we have is a uh, 22%, uh, it's a it's a, should be a cloud crowd pleaser if your uh, crowd wants to really really relax. Not not the best party strain probably because <sighs> you might take the party down a few notches. But who knows? Yeah. Um, we're also going to talk about uh, if people watching on our uh, YouTube and the WeTube channel can see the vape pens have arrived and um, mm -hmm. uh, I picked up this uh, San Raf uh, Tangerine Dream disposable. 
and mm. uh, I'm 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 really uh, I'm really loving it. Uh, I mean, I guess what uh, what do you see as the the biggest difference between these ones and some of the other ones you've seen? I think I think these ones are, are really good for somebody new mm-hmm. to vaporizing. Yeah, so the, so the one you have there is a 0.15 gram disposable kind of all in one uh, vape cartridge pen. Um, so all you do, there's no button to it. It's just, you know, put it in your mouth. Um, when you suck on it and haul on the top, uh, it activates a valve, uh, which kind of fires it up. And, uh, yeah, and as you can see it, it when it gets lit up, it's, it, you're, Lights you're up. pulling on it and it's, it's going and it's working. Um, that has some sweet, oh, desolately fruity taste. Sorry to blow that in your okay, face. Man, that's I a, don't mind. That's a rude, that's a cruel thing to do. There's <laughs> definitely some sweetness to that though. Some fruity. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, uh, day one, I, I had to pick up, uh, I picked up a tangerine dream pen as well. And, and one of the pink Kush ones, um, love the flavor of it. It's delicious. Um, super convenient too. Just, um, you know, you don't really have to pack anything. You don't have to push a button. They're so discreet. Yeah. Uh, I will say, uh, as you know, I love the Tangerine Dream and the, the effects of it. Um, but I found like, you know, I had, you know, three or four, you know, hauls on the Tangerine Dream. Um, when I got home uh, later that evening, I tried the pink Kush out. I took one good haul, held it in, let it out. And I was, <laughs> the effect, I, w- I was, yeah, it was quick. And it was like uh noticeable it was like okay i i felt that you know right. off the off the one so uh big fan of the pink kush one if you're looking for that that indica just i felt it right away um it's pretty nice um and we also have the 510 cartridges mm-hmm. too that's worth talking about uh so those are the uh, uh 510 threading is kind of the universal uh threading that a lot of um um uh, cannabis uh vaping is it's we've been having we've had 510s for mm-hmm. for years um and a lot of them are doing it now sun uh sun leaf or uh sun tile top leaf uh aurora and uh so they've all got their 510 threadings and so the cartridges can be filled up with uh 0.3 grams of uh distillate and with that i mean they're they're using either the full spectrum or the co2 extraction right um, both have their benefits. Um, and it's just, it's like, it's week one, like it's yeah. day, you know, day two. So, uh, we've only got a, a small selection right now of products, but, uh, as, uh, as time passes and, and more LPs are kind of getting more involved and in getting their stuff ready, we're going to see some real cool flavor profiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see a lot of the full spectrum stuff. It's so tasty and noticeable. Uh, I've got a strawberry cream, uh, cartridge, uh, that is delicious. Yeah. Uh, it's very fruity and tasty. Uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, trying out more, uh, than just the, uh, disposable, uh, that I, uh, uh grabbed. Uh, there it is right there along with the, uh, quest, uh, death Bubba, but it's the, uh, Sanraf tangerine dream. And as Chris mentioned, you can get, uh, the cartridges and, um, you can get the permanent pens as opposed to the disposables. Uh, we'll, we'll try to figure out as we go, how many hits per disposable pen. Maybe that'll be like a project that we'll <laughs> try to end undertake here on the cannabis one-on-one podcast. Yeah. Keep uh, keep a tick sheet. Yeah. Keep a tick sheet every time you pull. <laughs> uh, but then you can also get the, uh, the, the more permanent where you can add, add the cartridges to it. So yeah. uh, like you said, we're a few days into this and uh, bigger and, and more cooler things are, will be uh, on the way with, uh, with vape pens. Yeah. Thanks for, sure. for joining me as always, Chris, uh, for coming out uh, for What's That Strain. We did uh, Death Bubba and Indica from Quest. 
Thanks as always for joining me, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Dean. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. All right. If you want to be part of what's that strain uh, in something that uh, we call what's your strain, uh, it's pretty simple. All you have to do is uh, send us an email and that's to cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Tell us what strain you want us to review. If your strain is chosen, you will get to sit in with us in studio if you want here in Podcast Alley. And I... Courtesy of the Cannabis 101 podcast, I'm going to give you a $100 shopping spree, and I'm going to convince my good friend Chris Ionson to be your shopper, help you out a little bit, pick some great choices. So it's simple. Email us at uh, cannabis101podcast at uh, gmail.com and tell us what strain you would like us to review. And if you're chosen, we will let you know. Uh, We are also doing our 420 followers contest on Instagram. That's the Cannabis 101 podcast on Instagram. Uh, We did it on uh, Twitter. We gave away a prize package and we'll be doing the same thing on Instagram once we reach 420 followers. And if you're watching this, uh, then you know about our YouTube and the WeedTube channels. Uh, Appreciate you watching and hopefully you're subscribing for new content every week. If you haven't, check it out. We're on YouTube and the WeedTube. And if the WeedTube is something you've never heard of, uh, you should really check it out because there is a lot of really good stuff on there, obviously, for the cannabis enthusiast. And that's going to wrap things up for me. Big thanks to John Carl, uh, the executive director of the Alberta Cannabis Council. Um, A great conversation, and I'm looking forward to becoming a member and all the benefits that come from that david wiley from the oz talk to this week in cannabis news and chris ianson of nova cannabis join me as usual for what's that strain hope you enjoyed the show if you did please subscribe and if possible uh, leave us a review it always helps to make our show all the more better if you'd like to advertise or be a part of the program as a guest email me cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com and just remember it's not just about getting high it's about getting healthy this is the cannabis 101 podcast your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in canada and beyond Thank you.